Hello, and welcome to another episode in the month-long special edition, Best Ever, or Guilty Pleasure. I'm your host, Jarrett, and I love movies. This month, with it being Halloween, we will be talking about scary movies. Today, we will be watching a found footage horror movie, The Blair Witch Project. Released in 1999, this is the definitive found footage film. It sits at an 86% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes with a less than stellar 56% audience score. Uh, The movie itself was low budget, which may be the reason for the low audience score. The effect the movie has had on found footage and horror in general is unmistakable. I feel like this has been a genre that the indie scene has done really well. The concept of real footage that has been unintentionally released on the world has a lot of potential. Things like Marble Hornets that was on YouTube in 2009 uh, and was one of the original Slenderman stories is a great example of this. There's also several movies like Troll Hunter, Creep, and Spree that really capitalized on the genre. The ability to do it with a low budget and just rely on the story is super appealing to a lot of filmmakers. This movie is, hands down, one of the best budget-to-profit margin ever. Uh, It only cost about $60,000 to make, but grossed $248 million worldwide at the box office, a nearly 5,000% increase. Paranormal Activity, another found footage movie, is similar to that number, as it only cost $15,000 to make, but Paramount bought the rights to the movie for $350,000, so it's a bit more expensive to start out with. Uh, it still went on to earn about uh, over $193 million. Uh, that formula is easily repeatable, which is why there are a lot of found footage examples uh, in the world. Uh, I've mentioned the word found footage a lot. So what is found footage? Uh, It's a type of horror movie that uh, comprises of footage filmed on low-budget cameras that you may see in a typical family's home. Uh, The idea is that something scary happened, often supernatural, and the footage was uh, found by authorities or something and released in a way um, that uh, you see on the screen. Uh, This movie is about some students who are tracking down an urban legend uh, about a witch in Maryland. They interview townspeople, and then they go into the woods to find her. Their footage is what is found and presented as the Blair Witch Project. Uh, I remember the marketing of this movie being really, really good and playing into that found footage genre. Uh, The actors in the movie were people that you didn't know, so they were... You know, not some big name actors. Uh, they were billed as actually being missing, which uh, was kind of interesting because they actually put out missing posters all over the internet. Uh, I believe you even couldn't find them online because they were listed as being presumed dead uh, on IMDb for the first maybe year of the film being out. Uh, it all added to the mythos that the movie was based on true events and it contained actual footage from people that were killed by the Blair Witch. There's also a website that gave the timeline of uh, the actual Blair Witch story. 
Uh, apparently, she was a woman in the late 1700s accused of doing witchcraft. Uh, after her death, strange things happened, mostly to children. Uh, one of those, in particular, is in the 1940s, a man who said he was terrorized by the witch, killed multiple children, and was sentenced to death. The website, like everything else, made it seem like it was all real when it was all made up. Uh, with it being 1999, the internet was still not as commonplace for everyone as it is now, so verifying a lot of that stuff was difficult, making it even more of a uh, interesting concept. I remember the infamous scene uh, with Heather talking down at the camera, snot bubbles coming out of her nose as she records her being really, really scared of something. Uh, it's an often parodied moment with a particularly disgusting moment in Scary Movie, which is one, which is something I mentioned quite a bit. Uh, but Scary Movie uh, really kind of lays in, I guess, a lot of these early uh, or late. 90s early 2000s movies it it really lays into a lot of those horror tropes uh the office also had a funny parody of that scene um in one of michael scott's videos um i also remember there not being too much going on for a lot of the movie uh there are a few scenes where a lot is going on uh, one scene in particular where children are banging on the tent and then they start running out um and, and of course the end scene which is arguably the scariest moment of the scene of the movie um i remember that scene being very very scary and left a mark on my young mind um I wonder if that will still be the case so many years later. So far, the movies that I've watched for this have not been as scary as I used to think that they were. Next up, I will watch the movie. I will take notes on what I see and report back in a bit. I will be talking in detail about the movie, so spoilers ahead. The question I will be trying to answer is, was this movie the best ever, or is it just a guilty pleasure? Let's see. And we're back. Wow, that movie was not what I remember at all. Uh, we have a lot to talk about, so let's get into it. First things first. I mentioned this right before the break. Um, I didn't remember too much going on for most of the movie, and boy was I right. Uh, there truly was a lot of nothing going on. There were several shots of just darkness or just trees. Uh, there were long moments of silence. I mean, I get the idea behind it uh, with Heather and the boys, mostly Heather, uh, filming everything, uh, which means you get a lot of nothing. But wow. Uh, in addition to nothing, uh, there was a lot of repetition. They talk about being lost, the majority in the movie, and fight about it all the time. Uh, they get more and more upset, and then they get scared and upset, and then the final sequence is that it's just them scared. Uh, they get a lot of mileage about, a, about them being lost in the woods. As far as the acting, I was actually impressed. Uh, there was no script for the movie. The actors were given instructions every day to help with their improvising for whatever they would be filming that day. The actors themselves were chosen due to their improv improv improvisational skills. One of the questions that the in the interview process or the audition process was, you've just served 10 years of a 25-year prison sentence. Tell us why you should be due for parole. Heather, the main character, um, replied, I don't think you should. Sure, they, they all spent most of the time arguing with each other, but they stayed in character really, really well. 
Most of the stuff that happened in the movie, albeit very little, uh, was unknown to the actors at the time of filming. For instance, the scene where the children were beating on the tent was not told that was going to happen to the actors. Their fear and panic during that scene was real. When they ran out of the tent, Heather started screaming about something next to them. Uh, it was supposed to be revealed to be a white figure in the woods, but the cameraman forgot to pan to that side while that was happening. Uh, while it's odd that it seems that Heather is screaming about nothing, uh, I think it's better, for the better, that we don't see the white figure. Uh, more on that later. I feel like this movie is more creepy than scary, uh, yes, there are a few jump scare type moments, but it's more about being lost in the unknown wilderness, investigating a creepy story about a witch as well as a serial killer who killed children. Uh, the noises in the distance, the wooden figures hanging in the trees, the children whispering and attacking the tent, all of that makes things really creepy. Not scary, I guess. its I know there's not a lot of difference between those two words, but this seems... I feel like I really need to make that distinction. A lot of the nothing shots are depicting trees outside of the tent, waiting to see something scary, which builds the suspense. Heather's affinity toward filming everything allows for us, the audience, to sort of experience things with them. Uh, Josh mentions later on in the movie how he knows why Heather likes filming, because it's not quite reality in that it's filtered reality. The graininess of the Hi8 cameras and the black and white film quality of the CP camera uh, really ramp up the creepy factor. I also love that we never really get to see anything. I mentioned this a bit earlier. I know it sounds weird, but hear me out. Uh, we are with the three investigating something scary, paranormal. Uh, things are happening, but you never really see what. It's on the periphery. It starts as noises, then physically with the children on the tent, uh, then Josh disappearing, then Mike and Heather getting attacked in the creepy house at the end. The fact that you never see the witch or whoever is doing the terrorizing to them makes it that much more scary. Uh, the very last scene is clearly the most creepy. Heather and Mike running through the house trying to find Josh as he cries out. Uh, Mike getting attacked and his camera falling to the ground. And then Heather seeing him facing the wall. Then her camera getting knocked down. It's obviously a call back to the previous story that whenever they were doing their interviews. Where the serial killer had the children face the wall as he killed the others. Really creepy stuff. There are a lot of questions that came up as I was watching. Uh, first was the story in general, or the reason for the documentary. Uh, the reason is to investigate the legend of the Blair Witch. That's the whole reason why they decided to go to Maryland and go to the woods. Uh, then they, at the beginning at least, they talk a lot about Coffin Rock, which I guess is tied to the Blair, Blair Witch because uh, she was the one that killed the five-man search party that they... Um, which is the whole reason why they went to Coffin Rock to talk about that story. Um, they were found with their arms and legs tied together, disemboweled. Uh, they also mysteriously disappeared within hours of being found. Then they also talked about Rustin Parr, the serial killer who was drawn to do what he did by the Blair Witch, although it wasn't clear in this movie that that was the case. Uh, it just seems 
kind of all over the place because it's the Blair Witch Project, but we're talking about Coffin Rock and Rustin Parr. Um, another question is why these three? Why did they get attacked? Is it because they were there in the woods and the woods are just haunted? Uh, I know they mention it in the beginning that they are um, haunted, but the other people go in these woods, like the two men fishing that they talk to on the way out to the woods. Um, is it because Josh knocked over one of those stone cairns? I know they allude to that being the case. Uh, as for when things start to go awry, it uh, really starts when they come across all the wooden symbols in the trees. Uh, the figures look like little people and are definitely unsettling because there's a ton of them just strewn throughout the forest. Uh, they spend time filming them but try to get out of there pretty quickly. Uh, the question is, what were those figures? Um, it's not really explained in the movie. Uh, in the 2016 remake, uh, quick spoiler alert here for that movie, um, they function as sort of a uh, voodoo doll. Uh, one character actually snaps one in half, and the other character snaps in a similar fashion. Pretty gruesome. Uh, the final question that I had while watching was, why did they keep filming? Why did they keep the cameras on? I know Heather said she wanted to document everything, but at one point it was clear to them that they were going to die. Uh, at at one point, at the point that Josh went missing, I would have stopped. Documenting everything is not as important as my life, but they kept on doing it. Um, side note: They mentioned in the beginning that they brought along enough batteries to power a small city. Uh, they would have needed a lot to do the whole trip. Uh, it seems like they planned for what I think was just two days. Uh, a high-capacity camera on a Hi8 camera, which is the camera that they used, lasts about 130-ish minutes. That's just over two hours. Uh, it's clear that they have no way to charge, so they would have needed to have a ton to film what they wanted to, let alone the six extra days that the cameras lasted. Uh, at one point, they were worried about going across the river with the heavy and cumbersome DAT, or digital audio tape recorder, uh, but I think the massive amount of batteries would have been more of a problem. Oh, and also the, the CP16 black and white film camera is 15 pounds by itself without the film. They were definitely not traveling light. Um, I will say it's never clear why the movie was cut up and edited in this way. Um, the beginning of the movie says that they went missing and their footage was found. And that was it. No explanation for why this particular movie was made. Who made it? Why? Uh, there are a lot of shots that seem to be what was originally envisioned by Heather, including a really well-edited scene with Mike and Heather bonding over their newly found cigarettes at the bottom of the bag. Um, Heather clearly set up the camera, walked over to Mike to smoke with him. Uh, their conversation is cut with black and white shots of the woods. It's pleasant, in the middle of them being terrorized by a crazy witch. Who, who, who would do that? Who would edit it? like that. Uh, so let's let's talk again about found footage. Uh, this particular movie has its flaws, but I feel like it's a great example of the genre. Yes, it a lot of it was repetitive, and there was a lot of nothing and dead space, but that is what makes this genre work. Uh, if it were any different, it wouldn't feel right. Uh, if it was too polished, it would be closer to a scripted horror movie, and that obviously wasn't what they were going for. Uh, take how they handled the actors. 
the actors filmed the majority of the movie. It wasn't a crew. It was the actors themselves. Uh, the crew was there, but not visible to the actors. Uh, the actors rarely talked to the crew, and the main communication was handled uh, by letters from the from production to the actors in 35mm film canisters. It was sparse and mainly was just sort of inspiration for what they were to uh, to uh, do the next day. Um, the There was also food in the crates, but they reportedly gave them less and less as the days went by to sort of ramp up their um, hunger and, and frustration as the days went. Uh, I mentioned earlier that the crew did a lot of the stuff that, to the actors without their knowledge, including the noises out in the uh, the, the periphery of the campsite and the tent banging. Uh, this was to get the real action reactions of the actors. Uh, they were told to never break character the entire time, even at night. Uh, when one person did break, break character, which apparently was also very rare. Uh, the other two had to as well, uh, but they also had to recite their safe word, which was taco. <laughs> uh, production made the actors sign a release, giving them permission to mess with your head, so the actors knew what they were getting themselves into. They all used their real names, which made it easy for them to stay in character, but reportedly made it difficult for the actors to find work after the movie came out. Uh, production planted actors in the town for the main cast to interview unknowingly, thinking that it was just random town members, but who actually were actors, and their reactions to the things that they said were real. Uh, the actors also believed that the, that the Blair Witch legend was real, and in the entire time that they filmed, they didn't really find out until after the movie came out. All of this was done in an effort to be as real as they could without being actually real. Uh, respect to the process. I feel like it worked really well. The three actors wouldn't win any awards for their acting, but I feel like that's a testament to what they were trying to achieve. They were believable enough to be real. Uh, the footage was cut in such a way that moved the story along as slow as that story may be. Uh, there were some creepy moments sandwiched by, sandwiched by some quiet moments. The scene where they cross the river and get wet uh, is a nice moment of brevity before everything goes bonkers, uh, starting with Mike announcing that he kicked the map into the river. After that, everything goes wrong. Uh, the formula works. Found footage is a genre that can be replicated cheaply, but can be hard to do right. I feel like this one was done right, although it was clear that they were forging new paths at this point, um, which is difficult. So again, respect. Uh, the care they took to make it paid off. Uh, while again, like all other, all other movies I've been watching in the Halloween month series, uh, was not as scary as I remember. Uh, it was still fun to watch, and I would recommend that you watch it again. Next week, we will be back with the last scary movie for the month-long special edition of Best Ever or Guilty Pleasure. Uh, please rate and review this podcast on whatever podcast app you use. It helps for people to see it. Until next time, watch more movies. Watch more movies.